to Bernier in the middle. Bernier sees Felipe open. Felipe runs. Felipe says the vial. The vial is open. The vial shoots. Oh, right, right. It's up. The woodworks. Good day. Good night. And welcome to a brand new edition of Off the Woodworks. A jam-packed show. And a bombshell landed in Montreal and Philadelphia this morning. It's Friday, it's 11 o'clock, and Andrew Winger is not an impact anymore. Andrew Winger is gone, out of town, got booted out. And now, we have Jack McInerney. Yes, you heard right. Mr. Jack Mack. Happy Jack. Who, if you remember correctly, before the month of June last week, last year, was tied with the Vio for the leading of goal scoring race whatever jack mack was there we all remembered he was even playing with the u.s men's national team a couple games a couple minutes we should say well he is an impact i'm excited about it a lot of people are on twitter we'll talk about that trade that very very breaking news trade that says jack mckinney come to montreal to play for the montreal impact one versus one trade nothing else Andrew Wenger for Jack Mack. So we'll talk about that. We'll check the stats. Who has the better stats? Who has maybe the better future? Just like this right now, he's 21 years old. Two years younger than Andrew Wenger. Both of them were generation of devious players. But Jack Mack's contract is up in a couple months. So maybe that's the reason for it all. Maybe it's just the rental players. Shades of Thomas Vanek, people. Yeah, the impact. Didn't want the Habs to uh, do all the good trades around here, so they did one of their own. And in the second part of the show today, we have Daniel Feierstein to talk about the games will take place tomorrow, 3.30. Big O, Olympic Stadium, Stade Pick, which won't have a brand new roof until probably 2017, if not 2019, if not ever. While the Montreal Impact will play their second game in the Big O, second game, in Montreal, their fifth game this year. Still looking for their first win. And you know what we had last week? The Montreal Impact did their first point. Marco Navajo scored their first goal, his first goal. A cracker of a goal. Go vote right now for goal of the week. He got another couple of hours left to do it. He deserves to get goal of the week with his right footer. Curling shot right past Zach McMath, right into the corner, right into the right corner. Perfect shot by DeVaio, great game, Montreal got 10 men, and do you think that red card to Enringer had an effect now that we're seeing him leave on the pitch? And a couple of play people on Twitter reminded us that, if you remember correctly, when he got uh, red carded, Andrew Wenger did not take it very, very well. He was really upset, got to him, emotion got to him, and he got really emotional leaving the game on Saturday. And you know what? It's quite a shame that that will be his last moment as an impact player. But I can't wait to see what's going to be Jack McInerney's first moment for the impact players, which won't be this weekend. Philadelphia just tweeted that uh, Jack Mack won't be joining the impact until the beginning of next week, and he will not be available this weekend. But he will be next week. Does that mean that we see maybe more Santiago Gonzalez in the weekend? 
Does that mean that we don't see anybody else than Davayo? <laughs> I think it's the latter. I'm pretty sure it's the latter. Pretty, pretty sure. Yeah. It's going to be the Davayo show at the Big O. Thierry Henry? I don't know. But what do you think about Jack McInerney? What do you think? Let me know on Twitter. Email at OffTheWoodworks at Hotmail.com. At OffTheWoodworks on Twitter, Facebook. You can leave comments on Stitcher, on everywhere. Canadian Soccer News. Go and write something anywhere. You can. All right. So, Jack, man, let's look at the stats. First of all, the quick stats, we can just say that uh, just the games played and the amount of goals. We all know that only six goals were scored for Andrew Wenger. He played in 51 games, started 18 as a starter in three years. That's basically all the stats you need to know about Jack Ma- about uh, Andrew Wenger. Jack McInerney. Happy Jack! Let me just get that to make sure I don't make any mistake. It's really important. Jack Mack has 93 appearances. 93 appearances. 53 as a starter. Let me just make sure it's 53 at a starter. I am pretty sure. But he has a lot more goals than Andrew Wenger has. A lot more. Like more than twice. So he has more than 12. He had 13 in the beginning of the season last year. Which was pretty good. I was really happy. I liked Jack Mack last season. And if you go back in the history of Off the Woodworks last year. You'll see that uh, we did talk about it. I did love Happy Jack. I even created a new nickname for him, Happy Jack, without knowing that we could use that nickname this year. So, Happy Jack. Jack Mac is dead. Long live Happy Jack. Happy Jack wasn't all, but he was a man. Yeah, sorry about that. So, Andrew Wenger, Jack Mac. Jack McInerney. He started his career in 2010 for the Philadelphia Union. Then he got loaned out for the Harrisburg City Islanders, which he only played one game in the league. That's about it. He came back in 2011 with the Philadelphia Union, playing 18 games, one goal, one one game in the um, U.S. Open Cup. A couple games in the playoffs, and yeah. Only one goal is that season. But it all started, his breakout year was 2012, where he showed some potential and he started showing. You got to remember, he's 21 today. So in 2010, four years ago, he was 17 years old. That's a player that he's an old 21 years old. He's been playing in the league for four years. He started playing at 17. What were you doing when you, when you were 17 years old? You know what I was doing when I was 17? I was playing a little football. Going out Friday, Saturday nights, having fun. Yeah, he's not doing that. He's just playing football, just playing soccer, and just getting in shape. And Happy Jack is a... He's a type of striker that looks more like DeVaio. So going forward, it'll be less of a shock when DeVaio retires or moves on from the impact. So that's... Pretty decent. 
It's been three years we're going with the Andrew Wenger experiments, and obviously it did not work. You can blame either side. You can find faults on every side. But the thing is, he did not play enough to get experience. And the lack of experience was impeding his improvement on the pitch. So it's a vicious circle that cannot get better. It's like the weird... It's like that when you're first trying to get a job. They're telling you that you don't have experience enough. Like, yeah, but I don't have experience. But if you don't hire me, I won't get experience. It's the same kind of vicious circle. Back to Jack Mack in 2012. 25 games in Major League Soccer. 8 goals. 2 appearances in the Open Cup. 1 goal there. Total of 27 games played. 9 goals for Happy Jack in 2012. That's where it started. 9 goals for a striker when you're 19 years old is not bad at all. 2013 when he was 20. Breakout season for Jack Mack. Even though if you read between the lines, Philadelphia Union supporters are probably mad right now. But they're all bashing him saying that, oh, he's just like the impact. He hides under a rock after June, blah, blah, blah. He was 20 years old. A lot of pressure got called up with the U.S. men's national team. His lack of play there probably uh, put him back fitness-wise and took him a long time to get back to his game-shaping game fitness. 2013. 31 games played in MLS. 12 goals scored. 2 games in the Open Cup. 2 goals scored for a total of 33 caps. With 14 goals. Not bad in this season so far. You get the same stats as Andrew Eger. The only difference is he only played one match. And he scored. Maybe a little bit of better finish there. The thing is, he did not have a, a lot of... Uh, Shot open on net the last couple months for Jack McInerney, but he finishes better. So, if you compare it with Andrew Wenger, it's the exact opposite. Wenger had tons of chances, but was lacking that quality finish, that quality class finish that maybe Jack Mack, with the mentorship of DeVaio, can really improve. It can be really, really good. It can be a great trade. But let's not get excited too quickly. One thing that we have to remember that I saw, I can't remember who put it on Twitter today in the last couple minutes, but it was uh, it's important to say. Remember, Troy Perkins and the Donovan Ricketts trade was seen as a steal two years ago, and Ricketts won goal of the year last year. So you never know. It might look like a loop-sided trade right now, but going forward, we never know what Andrew Wenger could. What if they put him like defensive midfielder and he becomes the best defensive player in the league? What if they put him center back and he becomes like the new Nesta for MLS? Or what if they put him striker but actually use him for how he knows how to play, which is might be more of a hold-up man than a finisher? And he scores 10 goals for the end of the season. That's possible. We'll see. Time will tell. Only time will tell. But right now, it does seem loopsided. I agree with you. And right now, the Montreal Impact fans have something to be happy for. Happy Jack wasn't all, but he was mine. All right, enough Happy Jack. Well, no, not enough. We'll take a small break. When we come back, Daniel Feirstein from Feirstein's Fire, my favorite New Yorker.
Yeah, yeah, I'm out at Brooklyn. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Nero. But I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra. And since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I used to cop Welcome back to Off the Woodworks. And since great, great pleasure this weekend, great weekend. And no, not because it's WrestleMania 30 on Sunday, not because he's from New York, Madison Square Garden. Best arena in the world after the bus center. And no, that's not it, but the Montreal Impact are playing the Red Bulls of New York or New Jersey this Saturday. And to that, to talk about that, I have Daniel Firestein, one of my favorite New Yorker. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great there, Kevin. How's it going with you up in Montreal? Ah, it's still cold. Can you believe it's still snowing here? Ah, uh, again? I thought it stopped. Well, it's almost done. Okay. A couple months and it'll be over. <laughs> So okay, then, <laughs> yes. New York are coming Saturday. First, first question. Will Thierry Henry be there? You know, we don't know right now. Um, apparently, Mike Petke, uh, has uh, he might be hinting that uh, Thierry Henry might make the trip. And uh, you know, he hasn't made a decision yet. You know, will he be there? Will he not be there? I would like for him to be up there. Of course, everyone knows uh, the only field turf the only uh surface of plastic pitches is the one in portland that he agrees to play on because for some that are not aware uh in seattle uh it with a revolution play uh where they share with the patriots as well as uh the surface they use in the olympic stadium it they put an extra layer of sand so that's why uh he refused he kind of I shouldn't say refuses, but he doesn't play uh, on that because of his chronic Achilles tendon uh, that keeps uh, it flaring up. So that's the only reason why he tries to not play on that surface so much. Look, I wish he would. I would be nice if they put some grass down, maybe if it's possible. Maybe open the roof if they can. But you know what? Yeah, like Uh, I said, if we open the roof, I think the whole stadium collapses. Really? I'm pretty sure that's the way it works. <laughs> oh, my God. So when are we getting rid of Olympic Stadium and building a new one? No. <laughs> well, actually, that's what they're just saying. You cannot even blow it up. Because if you blow it up, because of all the rebars and the concrete, the pressure yes. of that, yes. it would throw the concrete 400 miles away from Montreal. Oh, really? Yeah. So And it would cost $700 million to destroy. So you're like stuck in no man's line. Yeah, but that's oh, enough my- of the Olympic Stadium. Oh my God! There yeah. goes there goes PA there goes Pi Nine and VU Station, huh? <laughs> yeah, it goes everything. That's the other reason you cannot even float it because of the subway running right beneath it. Thanks a lot, engineers. Uh, oh my goodness, that's terrible. I yeah. I would really really feel bad. There goes the subway. There goes the metro system in Montreal. It's all over. We just we decide to implode it. No, don't push the button. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. Out. All right, so TT might play, but the we'll one thing that happens. I was wondering mm-hmm. this week, well, last week was official the new logo of a brand new team of the five boroughs, the famously known NYCFC. I was wondering, where does the line in the sand stand? It's already been drawn. It's been crossed. It's been uh, it, it. It's already set off fireworks. Look. You know, let's. I'll, I'll be honest right now. Um, my feelings about this new club coming to New York City is this, uh, especially in MLS. Um, 
even though the New York Cosmos of the North American Soccer League has already been playing, mm-hmm. and they're over in Hofstra University on Long Island, um, you know, still though the questions are: Can the city support two teams? I think right now that's possible. But now you're asking about three teams, and while it's nice to think that you can compare New York City to London with I don't know how many teams, probably two thousand by now. <laughs> But, you know, since 1769, uh, of course, I'm joking, obviously. But Not even that much. Um, no, true. But the point is, is that, uh, you know, I've always felt that in Major League Soccer, if we're going to get another team here, now be three, um, it's too much. And you don't know where the support's coming from. And at the same time, you know, it's already been done. There has been some defections. Uh, you know, from some people I know that once supported the Red Bulls, they have gone to this new thing. Um, I will not make any mention of their names because they asked me not to and I won't, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, but still, though, uh, the big question is where are they going to build the stadium? Because even though they've said that they want to build it in an abandoned parking garage, technically it's not really abandoned. It's just haven't, it just hasn't been used since the Yankees built their new stadium on the other side of 161st Street. And right now, the site of the old stadium is a big public park. But the problem is, is that there's not really any room to build a stadium there because you have to re- redesign the area because East 153rd Street is there. Uh, at the same time, there's a service ramp that comes from one of the major highways on in the Bronx. It's called the Major Deegan, and it comes. Uh, it helps the people that come from the borough. Uh, excuse me, not the borough, but it helps people that come north from the Bronx as well as uh, Westchester County, which is the first county north of New York City officially. Okay. Uh, and you get off the ramp, and then you go under. You go down. You go up. You, underneath the deke right there at that parking garage there's also a manufacturing company that is across the street from that garage and from the original from the old site as well uh gal corporation they create uh elevator parts now they're doing something else but um the the manchester city is having a problem uh getting that land uh even though the, the yankees are their partners still uh, I've always felt we're not ready for this yet because of what happened on the West Coast with Chivas USA. And even though that sale has finally happened before the season got underway, the point is is that it's a, too little too late because you're trying to force something here in New York when, to be honest, the league should have paid it better attention and they should have taken care of that problem with Chivas USA uh, in Los Angeles. Here's an idea for you that I always thought would have been maybe smarter would have been possible just to move the Cosmos, promote the Cosmos into MLS eventually, because the Cosmos already has a fan base, already has small histories, at least something, right? Pele wore those, wore those colors, even though it was a huge gap between the two teams' existence. But would it have been smarter and easier than to just create a brand new brand and try to create support for that new brand? You know what the problem is, and this is the situation. Garber had a vision. Garber's vision was someone to pony up $100 million for an MLS New York City proper team. Uh, Now, I don't know the finances of the Cosmos uh, right now. I know that one of their partners is Sailor Sports. Uh, The other partner is a gentleman uh, who runs the... uh, Emirates is one of their partners. uh, No. No, well, no, they're they're the shirt sponsors. Okay. No, Sailor Sailor Sports. They are the uh, the marketing and the communications wing of the Saudi Arabian national team to set up matches for them for friendlies and stuff like that. 
Um, but there, uh, the other partner is an English gentleman or an Irish gentleman uh, who is uh, a part of the uh, uh, – he helps out the Asian Football Confederation with uh, television contracts and stuff like that, uh, Mr. O'Brien. Uh, I don't know their finances, and I will not pretend I do. So I'll just say I don't know if they are um, uh, deep pockets enough to raise that $100 million setup. But you see, Don Garber, and I've said this many times, you know, Don Garber has done a fantastic job running Major League Soccer. I think uh, without his vision, I don't think Major League Soccer survives uh, after a certain year. But thankfully, he's done a great job. Unfortunately, here, he's asking for, he asked for a lot of money, and he was looking at a partner that was probably, you know, someone that has a lot of money in European football that wants to bring over a, uh, a professional team here in MLS to run it. And, uh, you know, the Yankees were a late, uh, a late comer to the party because originally it was supposed to be, I guess the, the, uh, the Mets ownership and that didn't happen. <laughs> and, and the thing is, the funny thing is, is that the originally major league soccer was going to major league soccer was going to build that stadium, uh, in uh, Flushing Meadow Corona park where the Mets play. But the thing is the section they wanted to build it in where the old New York's world fair is, uh, the Flushing river was forced under the ground back in the ni- early 1920s for the first world's fair. And where the, where that big globe is, and you've seen the pictures of that big globe, of course. uh, with the fountains, of course. The flushing... that's, where, that's where the plane crashes in men in black. That's where the, <laughs> yes. the, 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 the ships crash. Exactly. Yes. Sorry about uh, that my big... men in black reference. Oh, no, that's okay. Don't worry about it. But, uh, the thing <laughs> is that, uh, underneath that big, uh, metal sphere, uh, and where the fountains are, that's where the flushing river is. And if they were going to build that stadium above that site, there's no way Would that have been dangerous. Yeah. It, it very very the water table when it rains in when it rains in Flushing Meadows Park, uh, the water table is too high. Because if it rains, it's going to flood a lot, and it would flood anyway because the river is underneath the ground. True. So that would have been big problems there, um, and at the same time, you know, I, I felt that. You know, this whole setup, it, it should have been done more into the future because I still think we have to populate in certain sections of the country that haven't been yeah. touched yet. Obviously, Orlando City is coming up to MLS. I with know. That, that was my, just my last question on that subject because of yeah. NYCFC. I feel like they're taking the wind out of Orlando's cells. Well, the truth of the matter is this, and I'm not here to hate on people, but the truth is, is that Don Garber concentrated more on getting a secondary New York City team uh, in the league when Orlando uh, was ready to go, and to a certain extent, he ignored Orlando. Yep. They but, should have been the 20th team. That, that's my feeling about it. Uh, but look, they're coming in next year with Orlando, and uh, Orlando is building a stadium. New York City FC so far uh, has not built a stadium. And isn't that what the league wanted? You have to have a stadium yep. plan to be considered to be a part of the league. And I understand the Yankees are involved, and it sounds like they might actually play at Yankee Stadium unless Major League Baseball, which they've already said they don't want it, yeah. a soccer team in Yankee Stadium. Uh, they might be forced to put a temporary uh, stadium somewhere in Yonkers, and if that happens, you know, that's, that's, that's not a good thing. No, that won't be a good thing at all. All right, let's actually talk about the sport and the actual game that will be played on the plastic pitch of the Big O this Saturday. That's Montreal right. Montreal Impact against the New York Red Bulls. 
What? How would you describe the New York Rebels beginning of the season? I would describe the beginning of the season as um, a little concerned, but at the same time, I think that uh, they will find their first win of the season very soon. If it's not uh, in Montreal this Saturday, it will be at DC next Saturday. Uh, you know, right now it's a little bit plaguing because of injuries right now, as well as uh, field turf allergies. I'll put it nicely that way. Uh, Tim Cahill will be out two to three weeks with a strained hamstring, uh, so he will not be available. Uh, Richard Eckersley, the former Toronto FC right back, uh, also has a sprained ankle, the right sprained ankle. Mm -hmm. As Petke says, it's as big as a baseball uh, when, uh, after the draw against Chivas USA. Uh, so I expect a very heavy midfield uh, this coming Saturday against Montreal, the, probably Peggy Luyendula will serve as a uh, holding midfielder, somewhat of a secondary striker uh, with the ball, as it looks like Bradley Wright-Phillips will be the lone striker uh, up top for the Red Bulls coming up uh, this Saturday. And do you think it's... Who's going to win? Both teams are looking for their first win of the season. Is it New York's time or is it Montreal's time? You know, I got a funny feeling that I could see Montreal steal. Uh, I shouldn't say stealing because it's at the Olympic Stadium, but I, I see Montreal possibly winning. If the Red Bulls can steal a point or all three points, uh, it'll be a lucky uh, conversion. Um, you know, Montreal, while they're still dangerous, I still feel Montreal is lacking something just a little bit. I don't know what it is at the moment. It could be something on defense. It could be in your midfield. But I feel Montreal is a little bit lacking something right now. But um, obviously, we all I know. Like, to, I feel like yeah. Montreal is missing like a, not a soul, but almost like right. half of a soul. Yeah. And I think and it's I, Nesta's aura. They're probably, that's what's be. been going around in Montreal's media lately. But that's what I feel like it is. Just Nesta's aura is not there. Mm -hmm. But one thing is for sure. We, we know about Davayo because he only needs that one opportunity. I have one more. I, I just, I just feel like one opportunity that uh, uh, you know he needs to put the ball in the back of the net. And you saw that in Philadelphia when he oh, stole yeah. a point away. Oh, yeah. So that's the one thing. I mean, you know, he'll be offside ninety-nine percent of the time, but the one time he's on, he'll destroy you. So I'll tell you. All right. Uh, we'll see what happens. For the mid-season acquisition, which one actually surprises you and which one is the best for uh, the Red Bulls? So far, I think right now it's Lloyd Sam. Lloyd Sam has done a great job taking the right-wing midfield spot away from Eric Alexander. Uh, so right now, it, Mike Pecky is being challenged by Lloyd Sam in a certain way because he's trying to get Eric Alexander into the game as much as possible. And uh, I have to say, uh, you know, that's what Sam was originally brought over to do once uh, Dane Richards uh, went uh, to play over in England. So uh, is Lloyd Sam finally getting the job done in the end of last year, start of uh, the preseason this past uh, preseason. And now uh, three, four matches in, he's been a terror down the right side of the midfield. Absolutely. All right. Last question before I let you go. It's a little bit of a, you'll see. If I was a wrestler, my name would be Johnny Steele. How is Johnny Steele doing this year? Uh, Johnny's not doing so bad. Uh, you know, they're alternating uh, the left-wing midfield position with Bobby Convy. But uh, to be truthful about it, I think Johnny Steele uh, 
should always be starting because the man of steel is just a terror, absolute terror down the left side because uh, you can tell that, you know, he works hard. He tries to get into great position to set up for a goal or to score one himself. And I just feel that, uh, I, I just feel that while Convy is a good depth player this time of, uh, you know, in his career, uh, I still feel that Johnny Steele should be the starting left mid wing, left wing midfielder. Uh, yeah, absolutely, I agree. And I've always last year, the Red Bulls were really scary to me. I was watching them play; they had a confidence, they had a an aura of maybe because of their superstars. And it seems like this year so far. I'll give it to you. It's still very early in the season. Well, it seems like they lost that aura this season so far. Um, for the Red Bulls? Yes, for the Red Bulls, yeah. You know what it is? It's just it's just one of those things where the start of the season, uh, one, you know, uh, a couple of new players uh, coming in, not a lot of change, which is very rare for this team, whether they're Metro Stars or even Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, very rare that they didn't make any wholesale changes. But I'll I'll say this right now. Um, this team normally has slow starts. I don't know why. I don't know how. It's not age-related. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> this team is definitely a slow starter to every single season that gets underway. And look what happened uh, towards the end of last year. They won the Supporter Shield, their very first MLS hardware in the club's history. So... Um, it's just a phase right now. Uh, obviously, it's nothing to be that worried about. But uh, to be honest, it's very close to getting worried that maybe the season could be lost very quickly. Uh, right now, was it they started uh, four games, two points. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, four games, three points. So th- technically, they have a point better this year than last year. But as long as soon as they get their first win of the season, everything will be fine. Absolutely. And I cannot let you go without making you do a prediction because last time you were on the show, I have to give it to you a little ding ding. You made a prediction and you were bang on. So what's your prediction, Dan, for this Saturday? I will go with a prediction that I think you'll be surprised to hear me say this because I'll be honest with you right now. I feel in my heart it's going to be a 1-1 draw. But I think Montreal will take their first win of the season, and they'll win it by a goal to nil. All right, I'll I'll give you a call next week if your prediction is true, and you <laughs> never know. You were last time. All right, Dan Feierstein, host of Feierstein's Fire, writer, beat reporter for the New Yorker Bulls for Soccer News Day. Have a great day, uh, Dan. Thank you. I could trip a referee. Tell by my attitude that I most definitely from. You're listening to Off The Woodworks. If you want to reach Kevin Arame, you can do it by email, offthewoodworks at hotmail.com, on Twitter at Off The Woodworks, or you can go like our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash Off The Woodworks. You can get this show everywhere you get your podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, everywhere you like, you can get this podcast. Now back to the show. 
Jack wasn't old, but he was a man. <laughs> Alright, thanks again to Daniel Firestein. Firestein Fire. Get on Twitter, D Firestein. You can listen to his show. He talks about MLS, US Men's National Team. And he talks about hockey, football, everything. Great guy from New York. All right. Happy Jack. What do you think about Happy Jack? What do you think about the trade? Is this DeSantis' best trade ever? What do you think about that trade? What do you think about DeSantis' trades since the beginning? Let us know on Off the Woodworks. Off the Woodworks at Hotmail.com. On Twitter, Facebook. You know where to reach us. Give us a, give us your opinions and we'll read the best emails in the next show. All right. Thanks for listening to Off the Woodworks this week. Great game tomorrow at the Big O. Be there. Get your tickets. A little more, a little over 20,000 tickets sold right now. I think more than that. So get your tickets. Be there tomorrow afternoon. No snow on the roof. It's not going to be dangerous. So be there and go support your local team. All right. Thanks for listening. I'm Kevin Lagame. And until next week, have a great soccer. Happy Jack wasn't tall, but he was a man. And they couldn't prevent Jack from being happy.